You're listening to audio from Crossroads Community Church, located in Fogelsville, Pennsylvania. If you want to learn more about C3 and what it is about, you can visit us at c3lehigh.com. And now, for today's sermon. Today, I felt led to return to a topic that we touched on in January, and that's the topic of vision. It, it, it really does just baffle me at times when I look back, you know, at what God is doing in and through Crossroads Community Church. It really does baffle me when I look back at what he did in a month, just being honest. Like in one month, what God has done, let alone since, you know, five months ago, since, since January, it, it's just incredible where he's leading us as a church And I felt led to touch on this topic of vision because there are so many things happening here at C3, it sometimes is hard for even me to keep up with. But it's a topic that we revisit every once in a while as a church, and if you're new with us, this is going to be an opportunity, which real quick, can we welcome our first-time visitors real quick? Can we just give them a shout out? Good to have you here. But... If you're a first-time visitor, this will kind of teach you who we are. And if you're a reoccurring uh, member, then this is going to remind us where, remind us as a body where we're going. We revisit the topic of vision because we do this to make sure that we're on track with our core values as a church. We do this, we revisit the topic of vision to update the church on where we are and where we are with the growth of our church and where we're going. We revisit the topic of vision because vision and mission, which is another way of saying purpose, go hand in hand. So we revisit vision to understand our mission, that we're on track with where God is leading us. And we revisit vision to maintain unity. God is moving and working in and through this church, church. There's hardly a week that goes by where I, I, there's hardly a week that goes by where my wife and I aren't like talking the rest of the week at like things that God did Sunday. And it's just such, it's just such a special move of God that we're experiencing here. I mean, it baffles me that um, we are now, C3 is now a church in the 300s. And to put that in perspective, three and a half years ago, we were a church of 80. Not even a year ago, we were celebrating being a church of 200. And I just, my goodness, a part of me, I I can't wait to get, how many of you have a list of people that you can't wait to see when you get to heaven? And there's an individual that I am looking forward to going over to his mansion and hanging out with him for a little bit. His name is Bill Sisolak. And Bill Sisolak, if you know him, you can give him a round of applause. Bill passed a couple years ago during COVID, and Bill was a foundation layer of our church. This guy was just so excited. He, he helped form and mold and shape young boys' lives through the Royal Ranger program, among other things. I mean, there's, we still have pictures of him showing up to VBS with dreadlocks looking like a hippie to match the theme beautiful picture. But Bill would come up to me and I remember him so excited going, pastor, we broke a hundred today. No way, Bill. This is revival. And I remember him coming up and going, pastor, pastor, you know how many cars we had parked out there? And I remember him coming up and and, pastor, you're never going to believe this. We hit 130 today. And I just cannot wait to hang out with Bill Sisolak in eternity and say, Bill, you help lay the foundation for 200. You help lay the foundation for 300 and beyond. In church, if you're here today and, and you're like, well, are we all about numbers? To a degree. Because we recognize that every number represents an eternity. And church, for every number that transitions from hell to heaven, I'm going to celebrate. Come on, somebody. We do Vision Sunday 
to recognize what God has brought us out of and where he's leading us to, not just where he's led us from. We do Vision Sunday to also step back and remind everyone that what's happening here is not normal. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're not normal. It's like when people ask, like, do you have a normal church? I'm like, we're weird enough to be cool. What God's doing here is supernatural, church, and my biggest concern is, like the Israelites, that that we normalize supernatural. I mean, it's incredible, the Israelites, what what God did for them. And by the way, if you ever get frustrated reading Exodus, you're like, how do these people keep dropping the ball? The Israelites are a reflection of humanity, so keep that in mind. And they keep dropping the ball, and, 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 and God so desires personal relationship with the Israelites. And he dwells among them. And we have the tabernacle, which is placed literally like in the middle of wherever the encampment was, like right there in the middle was, was the tabernacle because God wanted to be among his people, not outside. And we see the supernatural encounters that they have through the, through the tabernacle, through Moses. I mean, Moses sees God face to face. God parts waters and, and Time and time again, we read, God says, I want, you to re- I want you to remember the younger generation. Why did, why did God say that? Because when we normalize supernatural, we forget how special and supernatural it is. And we're prone to drift. Our natural tendency is to drift away from Jesus. Thank God for the Holy Spirit who always brings us back in to right relationship with him. Because we have a tendency to drift. And we see that with the Israelites. In church, I want to make sure that we're doing what God commands the Israelites. When he moves supernatural, he says, teach this to your children. I want to make sure that we're pausing and remembering and recognizing this supernatural movement of God. Here at church, I I want you to understand something. It's not normal for a church to constantly have to park people in the grass every Sunday. It's not normal to constantly have to add chairs to the sanctuary. It's not normal to have new ministries created every couple weeks because there's people who are getting a touch of the Holy Spirit and saying, I've got to make this public. It's not normal to see the gifts of the Spirit moving as they are here where we have fully grown men who are coming to help set up for a men's ministry event, being led to the altar and baptized in the Holy Spirit. There wasn't even a worship team that night. It's not normal for people to feel a stirring of the gift of prophecy and to say, Pastor, I'm new to this, but can can I be obedient and test this out? That kind of obedience isn't normal. Church, what God is doing here, it's not normal to have kids packed out in the kids' ministry. And every kids' ministry worker said, thank you, kids' ministry workers, for what you do. I could go on and on and on. It's not normal for the, the spirit, I believe that a natural The natural fruit of the Spirit, I believe, is a heart of generosity. And that heart is here, which is why we were able to sign a check and therefore, quote-unquote, pay in cash, but check, to pay off a $260,000 mortgage like 20 years early. It's not normal for people to be getting healed It's not normal for people to be going to the doctors out of this house and the doctors saying we can't find the cancer that was there. It's not normal for people to, for them to have issues with sciatic nerves and walking and that being healed and them going to the chiropractor and the chiropractor saying you don't need anything. And the list goes on and on. It's not normal for salvations, people coming to know Jesus. I mean, if it's not every week, it's every other week. Not just on Sunday mornings either, but at Bible studies, a Wednesday night Bible study. 
where a small group is gathered around and they're not talking about salvation and all of a sudden somebody in the small group says, I, I need to learn what it is to, to follow Jesus. And another person in that group saying, do you want to have Jesus in your heart? And the person's response, yeah, I think today's a good day. <laughs> Hallelujah! And what's so incredible about this move is the community is recognizing it. Last week, there was a church congregant who posted on social media some things that had happened in the service, and he tagged the church name. And comments started appearing from people who live along our road. And the comments just brought tears to my eyes. And I'm looking at Kylie. I'm going, look at this, Kylie, look at this. And it's individuals saying things like, you know, I live along that road. And every time I drive by that place, it's packed out. And I've been meaning to stop in there and find out what's going on. <laughs> so where are we going with this movement? What are we doing with it? This, this, this move of God, you see, God doesn't just fill us with the Spirit so that we can keep the chairs warm. Come on, somebody. He fills us with the Spirit for the mission. He's filling us, church. For what? Where are we going as a church? What is our goal in this, in this season and beyond? These are the things that I would like to touch on today want to talk and revisit with the principle of our church's vision. Our vision is simple. Reach the lost and grow the found. That's why we exist. That's why we're here. That's why we're here in Fogelsville looking to reach the lost in Lehigh Valley and Burks and maybe Skook, Skookle. When I was new to the area three and a half years ago, to catch some people up, I'm originally from Pittsburgh. That's where my weird accent comes from. And when I was new to the area, I remember, for those of you who, who are from the Schuylkill area, I grew up in an area called Fayette County. And Fayette County is so close to West Virginia that there was a lot of jokes made about it. And everybody, when I told them I was from Fayette County, it was, had such a horrible reputation, you know, mainly the rednecks, that they would say, oh, Fayette Nam. <laughs> right? And I came to realize, you see, I, was, I still am proud to be from Fayette County because God's doing something in Fayette County. And I'm proud to be from this redneck hillbilly area. And I got the sense that Schuylkill was just like Fayette County. Because when I was talking to somebody, am I wrong? Because when I was talking to somebody from the local area, somebody was like, oh, yeah, Berks. Oh, yeah, Lehigh Valley. Skook. <laughs> from the skook. And I could tell by the tone, Lord Jesus, that's the area that I grew up in. Or at least Cousins. We're here to reach the lost and grow the found. Luke chapter 15, verse 1 through 7 says, Now the tax collectors, and, and you can go ahead and turn there. I'm sorry, I should have given you guys a heads up. Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 7. And I'm going to be coming up through a, a couple more scriptures after this, but church, if you're following along, stay in the Gospels. We're going to be hanging out there for a majority of our time. Luke chapter 15, verse 1 through 7 says, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. Thank God that Jesus was not disconnected from the, from the sheep. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them a parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 to open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. 
Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and, and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. I want to break this down for a moment because in recent years, there have been worship songs that are written reflecting this scripture and talking about how Jesus leaves the 99. And I've heard different debates within the community, within the body of Christ at large of people going, that's ridiculous. It doesn't literally mean that Jesus would leave the 99. No shepherd leaves the 99 so that wolves can get them. You sound like a Pharisee. Anyways, am I wrong? I mean, and it's been debated, and I, I want to paint just a quick picture. It literally does Jesus, it literally does mean that Jesus leaves the 99, but not in a foolish way, church, because Jesus isn't a fool. I want you to imagine a father waking up in the middle of the night. He smells smoke. He hears the fire, the fire crackling downstairs. And he begins to run throughout the house, gathering and calling for his children, but the smoke is so thick that he can't see through it. And so he's calling them out and he says, I want you to hold my hands as he leads them out of the house that is on fire. And so he links arms with, with his children and he has five children and he steers through the house and they come outside and they're next to a tree. They're in a safe zone and he counts and he looks and there's only four children. Does that father not return to the fire to get the fifth? And it's not foolish to leave his children because they're no longer in the fire. They're no longer in a place of danger. So it is with Jesus. That he leaves the 99, not in a foolish way. Don't paint him in that picture. He leaves them because they're cared for, they're protected, they're okay. And he goes after the one who isn't. Thank God that he pursues us even when we're too foolish to realize he's coming after us. Church, we exist to reach the lost and grow the found because the world is a house on fire. And we're looking to bring them to safety in heaven. Jesus is calling us to go after them. And so I want to talk to you a little, about, a little bit about what, what does this look like. Let's add some context. As a church, what does it look like for us to go reach the lost and grow the found? So adding some context, our plan is to reach the lost, grow the found. That means that step one is we're looking to fill up. We're looking to fill up the sanctuary. We're looking to fill up our classes. We're looking to fill up Bible studies. The only way to fill up the church should be to reach the lost. Amen? Amen. We're not looking to cherry pick from other ministries. That's not why we exist. We exist to reach the lost and grow the found. Filling up this place is done in a variety of ways. Essentially, every ministry is a part of this plan. Amen? So here are some of the major ways that we will be accomplishing this in, in upcoming years. We're looking to build a new building. That's no secret. Our current building is, is um, how do you say, maxed out. The ministry's maxed out, and we give God all the praise and glory. Amen? What still baffles me, when the board and I were sitting down contemplating, you know, size sanctuary and different things for a new building. We were sitting down going through the numbers and I, something that just hit me like a ton of bricks in this meeting. I stopped and I said, gentlemen, I think that we're, you know, I, I was on the small side of the sanctuary. I'm like, you know, we'll, we'll have it X amount of number, you know, sanctuary. And they're going back and forth and providing good reasons why we should make it better. And then it bigger. And then it just hit me. I'm like, you know, I think you guys are onto something. I think we should, we should make it like really big because something hit me in this moment. Our church hasn't done any promotion. <laughs> we haven't done any 
paid marketing. We haven't done any billboard advertising. We haven't done any social media blasts. We, we haven't paid for social media newsletters to go out. We haven't paid for community newsletters. We haven't gone to the community and, and, and put door hangers on. Nothing. It's primarily been by word of mouth. And if that isn't a testament to God, I don't know what is. So on the flip side, I'm thinking in my head, what's going to happen when we do? <laughs> Glory to God. We need a new building for more lost people. We need a new building for more sheep. Come on, somebody. We need a new building because we recognize it in our kids' ministry. Our rooms downstairs are supposed to fit like 10 to 15 kids tops. The one week I went downstairs and my wife, the kids ministry director, is hosting like a crisis counseling session. <laughs> I'm going down the stairs to the kids ministry and kids are coming up saying, turn back. What? Nothing. I come to find that in the one class they had 32 kids. 35, I'm sorry. I was low. So let me take this opportunity to say this. Our kids' ministry is not a daycare. They are kids' ministry. The kids are not less than, they are not a ministry that we've created as a means to an end so that we can dump off our kids so that we can have a good time in church on Sundays. Our kids have real eternities. Our kids have real souls. And Jesus has a real love for them. And our kids' ministry is about reaching the lost and growing the found. And if you have it in your heart, I would love it if you would join us on this mission to reach kids in Lehigh Valley and bring them Jesus. And I cannot wait because I'm believing that this summer and this fall that we're going to receive testimonies of kids getting baptized in the Holy Spirit because the same Spirit of God that lives in me also wants to overflow in my child's life. If you want to be a part of that, then church, please sign up because here's the reality. Do not complain to me about Generation Z until you've served them. He leaves to go after the one. We're looking to reach the lost and grow the found by entering into a new building project. I can't release too many details about the property at this time, but we're currently exploring and looking into a plot of land five minutes down the road from here of 12 acres off of Old 22 and is visible from 78. It's not on the market. We approach them. There's various testing, extra testing that we have wanted to take some precautionary uh, steps in, and so we're surveying the land. But church, the point is this. If this land doesn't work out, it doesn't shake me at all because God is still on the move and he's still faithful. We have various realtors who are here this Sunday morning looking at plots of land for us. It's only a matter of time is what I'm here to tell you this morning. And also, I want to know who leaked the address to this property. Because I talk to different people. I'm like, I can't tell you the address. And they're like, oh, yeah, such and such an address off the road. I'm like, how did you know? <sighs> can't keep anything a secret around here. We will not only move forward. If this property doesn't work out, we're not only going to move forward, and we're not moving forward by ourselves. We're going to move forward with the creativity of the Holy Spirit. Exodus, stay in the Gospels. We'll be coming back to the Gospels. Exodus chapter 35 says this. Then Moses said to the Israelites, See, the Lord has chosen Bezalel, son of Uriah, son of Hur, from the tribe of Judah. I want you to follow me on this adventure real quick. And he has filled him with the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills. Well, what kind of skills? To make artistic designs. 
for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and engage in all kinds of artistic crafts. Follow that narrative. He has the same Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, and he says, therefore, he's creative. The Holy Spirit is the most out-of-the-box person you will ever meet. The Holy Spirit is so creative that we're going to explore ways on how we can move forward as a church given all the growth and see growth continued numerically, specifically, spiritually. Some creative ways you might be sitting here this morning, you're like, okay, same spirit of God, Holy Spirit gives us creativity, now what? There's a church over where I grew up, it's actually the church that my dad pastored at and my youth pastor is the lead pastor there now. They have been experiencing something very supernatural. They're one of the rare churches right now, similar to ours, where God is just moving in crazy ways. They were a church of like three or 400. Now they're a church of seven or 800. And it was time for their Easter service. And, and keep in mind that they're looking at this time, they're looking to expand into a bigger building to meet the needs and ministries that they have. And so there was an old Ramada that they approached and gave an, an offer for to buy this old hotel, this Ramada, and they were turned down. So I'm like, okay. The pastor said, I felt a word of the Lord saying, patient is a lion. Okay. Before a lion devours, they're like, I love that picture. And so Easter's coming around and they... they look to this state theater that's in their neighborhood and it's not open on Sundays. They reach out to any building that they think could fit them because they're anticipating 14 to 1600 people. And they're already at like four services. And so he's like, what? I mean, God is breaking addictions. It is incredible. And so they're like, what do we do? And they said, let's call the Ramada, even though they shot us down, we'll try and have a service there. They packed out the Ramada with more than 1,400 people on Easter Sunday. This is where it gets really creative, creativity of the Holy Spirit. There's a pool right next to where they had the service, and they did a baptism service on Easter Sunday, and everybody who was in the chairs just turned to their right, and there was the baptismal, and I, I can't even imagine how many people they baptized that Sunday. Are you ready for the really cool part? Weeks go by, they reached back out to the Ramada and said, here's our offer again, we really love this place, and the Ramada accepted. And they're taking a church vote today on purchasing it. The Holy Spirit's creative. He has been since Exodus. He has been since he was hovering over the waters. It's who he is. And so moving forward, we're looking forward as a church. Can I challenge you something? If you're a type A, some of this might drive you a little crazy, but can, can I challenge you? Let's be open to the adventure of the Holy Spirit. Whatever he wants us to do, whatever outreach, whatever building he opens up, maybe for some special Sundays we gather somewhere where we can have a one service and all fit in one building at one time and see that kind of ministry dynamic, whatever it may be, whatever the Holy Spirit leads us to do, let's be a church that doesn't say on my terms. Let's be a church that says, you're creative, let's do it. I'm all in. Amen? How will we add to the body of Christ and see reaching the lost, building up, filling up? How will we see that? We're going to continue to become an outreach-focused ministry here. How many of you know that Jesus, like his heart is for the lost? It's where the religious people found him, sitting with the lost. In church, there are some churches in, in our nation and in our world, you've got to understand something, that when you plan on reaching sheep, you have to be prepared to deal with the smell. Sheep stink. Every time we go back to Pittsburgh, we're in the car, we're on the dreaded turnpike. The turnpike needs Jesus. <laughs> we're going straight, and there's this sheep farm. And every time you go by it, it sounds like death itself. And my girls are in the back. They will wake up out of a dead sleep and go, ew. And they know by this point in their lives Sheep farm. Yes, honey, it's on your left. I don't see it. It's because it's six miles back. 
and you can still smell it. If you're new with us and you're like, he has issues, I concur. <laughs> Sheep stink. Our sin stinks. Our sin is difficult to deal with. There are some people who are carrying just so much demonic oppression and sin and heaviness. And, and, and uh, I mean, you could just go through the list that you get around those people and your Holy Spirit's freaking out. Because you're like, this is heavy. Those people, Jesus sat with and said, these are my friends. Church, if we're going to be the body of Christ that reaches the lost, we have to be prepared to deal with the smell. But nothing's too hard for God. And his heart beats for the lost. Won't you let your heart be like his? It's so easy to get cold towards our world right now, isn't it? I'm sorry, who did you vote for? No. I saw your lawn sign. I felt led to ignore you. And Jesus says, get them. Leave all the righteous people for a moment. And I'm not about to get into the teaching today of where the balance is, where you don't want to expose your kids to that. You've got to reach them. There has to be balance. Amen, church? Like your kids are still being formed and shaped in their spiritual walk with Jesus. It would be ridiculous to let our little lambs go in like a wolf's pen. It's teaching for another day. But you and I, we're called. And in their time, God will grow them, and they're still called but they're called to reach their friends where they are and so on and so forth, and there's a certain context. We're going to become an outreach-focused church, or continue to be is a better way of saying it. The church exists to equip people, to equip you. For what? Ministry. You're called to ministry. Pastor's not called to ministry. The leaders aren't just called to ministry. The board aren't the ones who are supposed to be doing all the ministry. You and I are the church. The church, if our building burnt down, God forbid, it's all good. I'll see you guys in the lawn. We don't need a building. It's nice. Kids ministry would agree, but the church is us. We can be mobile. For the sake of time, media team, I'm going to skip down to Matthew chapter 25. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you are blessed by my father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since you, since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we ever see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, truly I tell you, Whatever you did for the one of the least of these, brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. When you and I show Jesus to the lost, we're blessing the heart of Jesus. We're doing it unto him. It's what you're called to do. Church, you are called, designed to serve your creator. We call that ministry. Not just living for him but doing the will of God, going into the world, preaching the gospel, raising up disciples. That mission isn't just for pastors. Can I please get a witness here today? It is us, the church. If you follow Jesus, then the evidence of salvation is that you do the works that Jesus did. You don't work to be saved. Amen, church? You do the work of ministry because you're saved. 
Outreach will become a part of our continuing culture here through inner city missions trips. We're going to be showing a video here in the upcoming weeks of the Philadelphia Dream Center. Actually had the opportunity to conference this week to, to, this week to meet the lead pastor of the Philadelphia Dream Center. And I'm telling you, when he showed a video at this conference of Kensington, Philadelphia, which is where they predominantly do ministry in, you cannot help but have the heart of Jesus when you see these broken people. It looks like a third world country. David Dominguez and his family at the Philadelphia Dream Center said, that place looks a lot like hell. Let's bring heaven to it. We're going to partner with them, not just financially, but we're going to partner with them and go on mission. This is not going to be a mission trip for kids, but church, it's what we're called to do. Find the broken people and give them Jesus. We're partnering in a greater capacity with Convoy of Hope, building consistent connections within our community. For those of you who aren't familiar with Convoy of Hope, they specialize in disaster relief. It's not on mainstream media, but anytime there's a hurricane, earthquake, wherever around the world, um, the, the disruption and the Ukraine issues, they were the first on the grounds with food, water, housing, Bible. Beautiful ministry. On the state side, I love it because Rebecca Easel our ministry outreach coordinator. Can we give it up for her and what she does? Thank you for what you do, Rebecca. Went to a Convoy of Hope conference this past Thursday, and this is just how Convoy of Hope is, and I love it. It scares me, but it's awesome. She shows up to this conference, and they overloaded her car with food, drinks, all the supplies, um, different hygiene products, everything you could imagine. And Rebecca was kind of like, what do we do now? And they're like, go. <laughs> go give it away. Go find people in your community. Go to the school nurse. Give them the hygiene products. They have kids in need who are coming to them. Go to the local fire department. Go to the local police department. They know people or there's people in the community. Go go find the people who are broken. Give away this stuff. Find them. Give them Jesus. Give them the resources that they need. But don't just do it once. Do it consistently. Make it a part of your outreach ministry, the church, where you're not just doing this once a year. Amen, church, where you're doing this. This is a part of what we are called to be, what we are called to do. Find a need and meet it. Find a hurt and heal it. It's what we're called to do. And eventually, we're looking to allow events here on this church property that will be promoted. Specifically, we would love to see food bank ministries start up here in Fogelsville. But we don't have storage. We're looking at renting a storage unit right now because we don't want anything to hold us back. That's also why we're looking to get a new building. But church, we need to be an outreach-driven church. It's the heart of God. Amen? Worship team, y'all better come or I'm going to go to like 8 o'clock at night. Love my church. A part of growing in your faith, a part of your discipleship process, a part of why we grow the found is because sometimes the only way to grow in different spiritual areas of your life is to serve. The only way to grow is to go. It's also why we do outreach. It's a, it's a win-win. You win the lost, you grow in your relationship with Jesus. You learn how to take risks with the Holy Spirit's guidance. It's a beautiful circle. So we've talked about how our plan is to fill up, right? To reach the lost, grow the found. What else, pastor? So we're going to fill up. Some of you are like, it's looking pretty full. Yes, it is. We fill up and we send out. It's a part of our heartbeat as a ministry here. We fill up as a church. We send out. You may be wondering like, okay, so we reach the lost, grow the found through discipleship. So the plan is to become a mega church. I've been asked that question a couple times over the past couple months. Your plan is to become a mega church. Your plan, no, that's not the plan. Our first plan is to become an effective church. Mega whatever. We want to be effective. And church, it's my personal heart that like if the Lord were to lead us to be a church of that side, then that then that's like up to him. But here's where my heart as a pastor is. Shepherds know their sheep. I want a church size big enough and yet small enough where we know each other. I want to know you. 
the pastoral staff here as we grow it wants to know you. We're not just called to show up on Sunday. And again, please hear my heart. I'm not bashing mega churches. I thank God for them and the reaches that they have in the ministry programs. They're inspirational. They're incredible. What I feel on my heart, and God could change this because how many of you know we just committed our lives to saying creativity of the Holy Spirit, whatever you want to do, amen? So don't go back on that word and start going, no, 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 no. What I would love to see happen here at church, at C3, Foglesville, our name is going to change this year, by the way, church. You guys want to know the new name? Come back this summer. I love it. We would love to become a church of five, six, maybe even 700. That way we have a big enough community to sustain full-time pastors and that we can start different schools and ministry and however the Lord leads. And then once we get to that like 700 mark, let's send a couple hundred out to a campus plant. And when I say campus plant, I don't mean that we plant churches where we like live stream the video. I mean like how many of you know like our church culture, can I just be like straight to the point with you today as we head towards our close? Is that okay? Like let's cut off all the caution tape. Don't regret giving me that permission. Our culture here as a church probably wouldn't work in downtown Allentown. There's things that we do here that the culture of Allentown just like wild game dinner. The ministry position that my parents are in, my mom is some, my parents are sometimes in inner city churches. And when she told the one pastor's wife that we had an, a wild game dinner, she about had a heart attack. You let animals in the sanctuary? They were dead. Just wall mounts. And then my mom said, yeah, and they gave away a Matthews bow. She said, you gave away weapons? Anything for Jesus. So I say that to say that our culture here probably isn't going to work in Allentown. But I would love to raise up a pastor who has a vision for Allentown. And I would love to have people here who say, you know what, pastor, that's more my culture. I feel called to go there and then plant in different areas in Allentown where they become their own sovereign church. We have, do we have that picture, Lee? Can we pull up that picture? Check, can we, can we zoom into that picture? <laughs> Is there any way to zoom? No. Scratch the picture, Lee, scratch the picture. We have a map that shows where we're pulling from as a church, represented with every household as a dot. It's incredible to see all across Lehigh Valley and into surrounding counties where we're pulling from. The idea is that with this map, we look where our numbers fade off and plant. Those who are driving 45 minutes to be here, let's find out where they're coming from and plant. So you could say it like this, the C3 vision is to fill up and send out to plant churches. That's what we want to see. That's our heartbeat. Every time we get to five, six, maybe 700 as a church, send a couple hundred out to start out a campus plant. And then what do we do with the decrease here, pastor? We fill back up again with lost sheep. That's our vision, church. Does it make sense? So I'm going to ask if you have gone through our prayer team course here today, would you make yourselves available up here to pray over people? If you took our prayer team course, your prayer, that's you, Jack, um, that our prayer team course, board members as well, and ministry staff. Church, the church in the United States is in decline. More than 50% of churches have reported a plateau or decline. 25% of our Assemblies of God counterparts, our Assemblies of God churches, that's who we are in our denomination, by the way. 
There's more than 380 churches in Pennsylvania and Delaware that are Assemblies of God. We're affiliated with them. Statistics reveal that last year, more than 25% of AG churches reported zero salvations. Last year, more than 40% of churches reported zero water baptisms. Last year, almost 40% of AG churches reported zero baptisms in the Holy Spirit. And 50% of all churches are in decline. Let's fight these statistics. Are you ready to go to war? Because my God's not on the losing side. As a matter of fact, he said, I'm gonna build my church and hell itself isn't even gonna stop me. My God's in the business of building things and destroying statistics, amen? But I want us to understand something. If you carry the message of the gospel, then you carry a miracle. You carry an element, the biblical principle, the message of the gospel, which takes what we see as dead and makes it alive. You and I are called to go and carry this message of the gospel. And Jesus is, the Lord is just moving in, in incredible ways through C3. But I want to close with this. And I'm sorry if this is a little bit like morbid. But Satan would love nothing more than to come into C3 and cause a division right here, right now. Incredible things are happening. And there's three things, three biblical principles that I want to fire at you that will help us maintain this supernatural move of God. Real simple. Number one, unity. When God moves, Satan tries to divide. In our culture, we are primed to divide. We are told if they don't agree with you, cancel them. And that's on both sides of the political aisle, by the way. We are primed to divide. Jesus brings us unity. Unity, hear me, church. Unity is not when you guys agree on everything. It's when you agree on one thing, and his name is Jesus. It's when you recognize all of these differences, but you choose to focus on the common ground, Jesus. Amen? If you want to keep unity, don't sit here and go, well, I don't agree with anybody. I don't even agree with myself sometimes. It's all good. Push aside the differences and focus on Jesus. Three biblical principles that help us maintain unity. Number two, obedience to God's word. If you want to continue to maintain unity and see this supernatural move of God, do what he says. Take him at his word and live it out. If we want to continue to see a supernatural move of God, three biblical principles that maintain a move of God. And prayer team, you guys can come forward now if you would stand with me, church. A fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit. Talent only takes you so far. And the reality is, as church, as you move forward in your day-to-day life, can I ask you a personal question? Can I ask you a personal question? Stay there with me. We're coming in for a landing. By whose spirit and by whose power do you live your daily life? By whose spirit, by whose power are you relying on? If you don't know the answer to that, to that question, then most likely you're relying on yourself. In church, we need him. Everything that we've talked about here this morning, not by our might, not by power, but by his spirit. And we need a fresh anointing. Because I'm telling you, when you start living according to his spirit, changes the game. Without the Holy Spirit, our plans and our vision, they're just that, ours, not his. But when you seek the creativity of the Holy Spirit that we've talked about here today, and he compels you to reach the one and leave the 99, I'm telling you, you enter into an incredible season like you've never experienced before when you start following the Holy Spirit. The harvest is ready, church.
They're just waiting for messengers to go out and reach them. You're going to need the Spirit of God to do the will of God. You're going to need the Holy Spirit. And so today, here's our unofficial, official clothing, closing as we enter back into a time of worship. I'm going to pray over us, and then I want to challenge you. There's nothing more important than what we talked about here today. There's nothing else that you could ever carry in this world that is more important than carrying the gospel message of Jesus Christ. It is our life's calling, church. And you and I are going to need help. We're going to need his help. And we have brothers and sisters in Christ gathered around here at the platform. I want to challenge you to come and join in prayer. If there's a need or a hurt in your life, we're also praying over healing because God still does that too. Come on, somebody. And if you're here today and you're like, Pastor, like I'm ready. I want to get involved in this vision. I want to get involved in this mission. What's, what's the first step? We have available up here at the altar, we have serving cards. Take one of those. Seek the Lord's guidance. Lord, what ministry do you want me to serve in? And then put it in the tithe box on your way out of the sanctuary. Is everybody clear on our follow-up process here this morning? If God's moving, I want to be a part of it. He wants us to be a part of it. As a matter of fact, he invited us into it. Are you ready to do something incredible for the Lord? Are you ready to do something incredible for the Lord, church? Would you bow your heads with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we invite you into this place. Lord, I pray that we would be a people who lay our lives down to the one who gave his all for us. Would you give us, as you spoke through Jack this morning, Lord Jesus, give us your eyes rather than our own or our own power, our own doubt. Lord Jesus, give us your eyes, your spirit. And I pray this morning that we would leave here with those three things, unity, a heart postured for obedience to do the will of God and obey your word and a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit. We ask in Jesus' precious and holy name. And everybody said, This has been an audio recording from Crossroads Community Church. If you'd like to get in contact with us or learn more about us, you can follow us on social media at C3Lehigh or email us at info at C3Lehigh.com. We'd love to hear from you.